Welcome to Posting Up, the Washington Post NBA podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bontemps, national NBA writer for the Washington Post. Today, I'm coming to you from an undisclosed location in middle America, my friend Brian Winhurst's house. Uh, Brian writes for ESPN.com. Uh, let me stay with him on my way out to uh, the Bay Area, where I'm going to be living this season, and where I'll see plenty of my guest, uh, Bay Area News Group columnist Marcus Thompson. Marcus, what's going on? Where are you? I'm in the middle of America in an undisclosed location at Brian Windhorst's home in his basement. Brian Windhorst? I thought he was from Akron. He is from Akron, but he, he has moved to an undisclosed location in middle America. Oh, got you, got you. All right. He's got, he's, he's got a very nice basement, so I'm, I'm down here recording a podcast. Sweet work. deal. Yeah, it's good. How are, how are you, man? You, uh, we're only, uh, I guess we're what, four days from the start of... Uh, Four days from the start of meet, uh, from training camp getting kicked off. Steve Kerr talked yesterday. Bob Myers talking today. Is it? Uh, does it feel like it's finally all real now that this now that everything's getting started? I wouldn't say finally. It just feels too soon. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> you know, I feel like we just stopped. It doesn't. Uh, it does feel like it was about a week ago that we were at uh, we were at Game Seven back in June. It I'm it's like, it's here already. Summer. It's been Man. a really it's been a really fast summer. Now, what? Uh, I mean, you you've got a pulse on what's going on in the Bay better than just about anybody. Like it, it is there, obviously the Warriors have been great the last couple of years. Do you, do you sense a different level of, uh, of interest and intensity for this season from the, from the fan base there and from, from uh, obviously there's a lot of immediate attention, but is the local attention any different with Durant coming there or is, or is it just at a fever pitch like it was before? I think it's probably uh, a step above it was before it's uh it's far. There's much more uh, arrogance now, right? Because I think fans know they have the best team in the league, right? <laughs> uh, and I think last year, as the Warriors, like that became obvious. But now they've settled into their place atop the sports world, right? Now Warriors fans are like, uh, you know, trust fund babies. You know, they they <laughs> they are elite. They're like, where are my grapes? Uh, I expect. I expect everything to be perfect this year because right. this is how we roll. Like they're in that mode right now, so right. it's definitely it's definitely gonna be crazy, especially if the Warriors live up to the hype. There, they're gonna be, they will be unbearable. <laughs> We're talking forty years of pent up frustration, and then two years of you know, and then in two years they're already elite. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough for the rest of the the country to swallow. Well, and there's a lot of there's a lot of, of chest thumping being done to try to mask what happened back in June too, right? I mean, a lot of people are trying to trying to use that to mask the choke job back in June. I mean, that's a gangster way of of bouncing back, though, right? Right. I mean, I can't I can't really fault him. It was amazing how because I was sitting in Starbucks, right, like the day before when nobody really thought it was gonna happen. Then you start hearing, yep. but fans didn't know. Right. That it was going to happen, right? right. So, like the day before, uh, I'm in Starbucks and you could just hear people like, oh, I can't believe it. You know, <laughs> I won't watch the game. The next day in Starbucks after Durant uh, <laughs> says he's coming out, it's like a party in Starbucks. All Warriors gear, everybody. It was like, just yesterday you were grieving. <laughs> and, and now you're back on top of the world. So, I mean, you talk about a bounce and that was back only, And that was like two weeks. That was two weeks to the day after the finals ended. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's just a crazy couple how, weeks. How do you not get uh, a big head after that? Like your your suffering only even last two weeks. Every other team that chokes got to deal with it for at least the summer, right? 
Right. Warriors Warriors fans choking. They bounced back in two weeks. Like what? We still rich. Right. They had a press conference. They had a press conference with Kevin Durant on July seventh where Steve Kerr is saying, Yeah, we should be we should we shouldn't have any problem making this work. You know? It's like, shouldn't have it's, it. It's just, just, just like totally, that, right? Just, yep, it's just like totally. they went broke and then two weeks later was rich again. That's it's like what. Donald Trump. Just got just got just got an influx of money. That will be the last time you connect the Bay Area with Donald Trump, sir. <laughs> I only did that to see how mad you would get. Um what do you what I mean look you've been around the Warriors and actually I want to talk about this first you've been around the Warriors what, when was the first year you were covered to be was it 2004 oh 2004 okay I thought I was Mike sure. Montgomery baby oh, Derek God, Fisher Adonis right. Foyle right so you you've been there you've been there through a lot of really bad times like some of the lowest times the Chris Cohen era um, yep. he was owning the team what what has it been like for you um, to kind of see the Warriors this team that I think. I don't know how many people realize just how bad the Warriors were up until basically 2013 uh, for basically the, you know, the last 40 years before that. What, what has it been like for you to see this team become this juggernaut out of nowhere? You know, it's been like watching uh, 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 like a knucklehead kid in like, you know, the eighth grade, like turn out <laughs> to be something with his life. That's what, <laughs> it's like uh, it, there's a fascination to it. Uh, number one, one of the, the coolest parts is that I have always felt like the Bay was an underrated basketball town, right? People love hoop here. Right. Uh, part of it is because this this area just produces basketball talent, and it was it was it was unique to go around the league traveling with the team. And you know, some of these stadiums can be really sleepy. Yep. Uh, it, even your spot used to be a sleepy spot, right? Sure. Wizards go well, there, it's, and it's no, like, it still is. Forget, yeah, right. Forget, well, I mean, it's 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 one of the sleepiest. <laughs> You go Atlanta, they got a playoff team in the place. It, yep. it was just like yep. weird. And then you come to the Warriors and it was just different. And I, I just felt like people didn't really understand how great the fan base was. So it's crazy to see like what people thought would happen. If Because you heard that for years. If the words ever get good, it's going to be crazy here. And to see it actually happen is, is kind of fascinating to watch how in a town with the 49ers and the Raiders, the three-time world champion Giants and the A's with all their history, the Warriors have gone from like the stepchild to the beast of the Bay Area. Like basketball has taken over the the area. So that for me, that's been kind of fascinating because basketball has always been my thing. Like I've always loved basketball. So yep. just watching that grow uh, and then watching like the biggest thing for me that I've seen is the difference ownership makes. Like. It is unbelievable. Most like people look at players, most underrated thing in sports, in any it, in any sport. It's the, it's the how good owner. your ownership is. Yeah, it's bottom line. If it's you have a owner. if you have a if you have a bad owner, I almost curse on the podcast. If you if you have a bad owner, you have no chance. Doesn't matter what else you have. You have to have good ownership to have any chance to have long term success. It's unbelievable how, like in hindsight, looking at it now, how the Warriors did not have a chance. As much as you could blame players and coaches and general managers. They just didn't have a chance because they have a bad owner. It's just, it just, it really boils down to, well, here are the things that it takes for winning, and those things were not there for since nineteen from nineteen ninety five to two thousand ten. So yep. 
that's the that's the crazy part. It really is a top down thing. And if you got bad ownership, like you said, it, it's a wrap. You you look at football. I mean, you look at you look at football teams. You look at baseball teams. You look at basketball teams. It doesn't matter the sport. Doesn't matter the situation. Doesn't matter the market size. If you if you have ownership that's either meddling or incompetent or, or, cheap, or cheap or yeah. like you know if they don't have to be they don't have to be you know spending all their money, but they just have to be competent and trusting in their basketball people. And if they do that. It's I not it's not a coincidence that the teams that tend to do that are the ones that tend to be pretty good. And that's the key, right? It's hiring people who know what they're doing and letting them work. Yep. I mean that's that's the bottom line. Uh and the owners who feel like they can do that as well as whoever they hire, they, they tend to have a problem. Well, right? and you look at the Warriors, right? I mean, they just announced a bunch of promotions the other day, but they've got one of the best front offices in the league with Bob Myers and Travis Schlenk and you know, they got Joe Lake of Sun Kirk in there and um, who's actually pretty good, who even is. though he's like a, he's a legit son, guy. Right? Right? He's a legit guy that's doing the work. You know, Joe's kids, I give them a lot of credit because they're they're all in there doing like doing the work and going to scout games, and you know, they're not just like floating around as because um, that's what I would be doing. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> hey, listen, if I if my dad if my dad had a, all the money that Joe Lacob does and he owned a basketball team, I'm sure I'd be doing the same thing as you. I'd be like, man, nah. this is the life. I'd be sitting courtside. I'd be, sitting, <laughs> I'd be hanging with Rihanna and Prince. I would not be going to scout D-League games. <laughs> I sure would not. I would not. No, but they scouting D-League. Games. Yeah, but you got you got Steve Kerr. Obviously, you've got Jerry West involved. Like they, I, I give Joe Lacob a lot of credit for going out and getting a bunch of talented people and putting them in a room and and letting them hash things out. And that's the that's the uh, that, there's another like interesting caveat in that too because. Like you, you almost have to be a little crazy to be an owner. Think about it, because if you do it well and you hire good people, you're really turning over. Like in Joe Lickup's case, a four hundred and fifty million dollar investment to somebody else. Yep. Like, how do you not? How I'd probably be Jerry Jones. Like, hold on, right? <laughs> I just spent. <laughs> I don't a need a GM. On. I'm my own GM. I'm paying. All like, this hold on. Money. I, I paid all this, right? That's so, right. There's a level. Like, either you got to be crazy enough. You got to be crazy enough to think like. First off, crazy high. Like, man, we're going to be the best ever. Right. And then you got to be crazy enough to turn over your major investment to, like, somebody else. I don't know if I could do either of those. Like, I have a hard time turning over the remote control, you know, <laughs> to the TV that I bought. So it's like, uh, I don't know, Sharon. You better go in your room and watch TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and you know what? You look at you look at the Warriors, too, right? And, like, the, the one of the pivotal moments for this team was the, the decision not to trade Clay Thompson for Kevin Love, which I admit at the time I would have done. You know, a lot of people would have done. And Jerry West, among others, stood up and said, we can't make this trade. And Steve Kerr, yeah. Steve, Steve and, Kerr. And there was, a, there was a chasm. Like, yeah, there were some that, people who said, yeah. There was, a, there, was a real, there was a real debate. And, you know, they wound up siding with the keep Clay side. And obviously the rest is, uh, the rest is history. But to your point, you have to – the reason that kind of stuff works is because you have an environment that fosters that kind of discussion and conversation as opposed to just – having you know the owner just decide i want to go get the star player and go get him because if it's my money let me tell you right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm calling all the shots that's how that's how it's gonna roll with my money if i got 450 million invested uh somebody's gonna be rubbing my feet while i decide do we go get kevin love or not that's just me i don't know if that's anybody else but that's how i roll now you you have been you have been with steph curry more than any media member in the world since the start of his NBA career. I mean, you've been there from day one. You know him as well or better than anybody. He obviously had his first real setback, I would say, the last couple months where he had that injury, slipped on the, slipped on the floor in, a, in the game three of the Rocket Series and just never really got back um, 
got back to 100% probably. They obviously choke and don't win the championship. He struggled in the finals. How, how do you think he bounces back from that and, and, and comes into the season, especially now that, you know, they've got Kevin Durant there and there's questions about, you know, trying to figure out shots and everything? You know, that's, you know, a part of me wants to think it's a cut and dry answer just based on this dude's history, right? Like, what, he's always bounced back. Yep. He's always, when he's in a position where you think, eh, he can't, like, he uses that and he gets better. Like, even from high school when he didn't get recruited, right? Yep. You just look and follow his story. Like, he seems to thrive in this environment. But he's never done this. Right. Right? And this is, this is... I mean, this is the the best of the best. This is the highest of the high right here. Now the question is, does he belong in that level with Jordan and Kobe? You know what I'm saying? Or is he just is he uh, just another great, great player? Yeah, yeah. So, so if he doesn't pull it off, that's not a knock, right? From where right. he came from, I think it's still a great. He's still great. I think he still makes the Hall of Fame. Oh we're, yeah. Now we're talking about is this dude really like on that level? Right. So this is part- this is Steph the greatest shooter of all time, or is Steph one of the greatest players of all time? Like that's that's the choice he's got in front of him now. So in that vein, it's not like overcoming an ankle injury or thriving from Davidson or proving your draft prospects wrong. Right. Right. That, right. That's that's different. So even though he has a track record of bouncing back, that makes me say I, I think Steph is going to ball out this year just because of how he's driven. And I think part of the problem. Uh, at least subliminally, is that they lost that. Right. You know, they lost that edge, that underdog mentality. They the, and that's kind of where they all kind of get their fight from, yep. including Steph. Yep. And they might have lost that towards the end and in the playoffs. And now he's definitely got it back. In addition to Durant, so part of me says absolutely. This is this is this is his wheelhouse right here. Uh, but then. We might not be the great one of the greatest players of all time. He might, right. if there's a top ten, he might be eleven or twelve, and there's no shame in that. So it wouldn't be crazy if now, so say if Durant, because of this environment, shines as the one who really is the all-time great, and and Steph ends up being the guy who's clearly like number two to Durant. Right. I could see that happening, but that's not a knock on Steph. I think he's gonna have a great year, but is he gonna turn around and be like, I told y'all this was my league? Right, right. Just take over the whole league again. That's that's the only part where I pause and say maybe he, maybe that might be too much for Steph to pull off. Well, and you and 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 look, I mean, Steph. I'm sure everybody listening knows, but Steph's dad is Del Curry, who was a a great shooter and a longtime NBA player. And Steph's a guy who's been around a game since he was born. And you know, I I don't remember where I heard you say this, but I, I was really fascinated by you talking about the way Steph really is driven to try to, you know, not necessarily prove anybody wrong other than some of these great all-time players and the the peers in the game and try to prove to them that, like, that he is on that level as opposed to caring what everybody else thinks. And to your, to, to your point just now about what the, uh, uh, about what, you know, what he's got in front of him this year, like, it's almost like that's almost the ultimate thing for him is like, like this is this is the kind of stuff that he's always wanted to be going after, and now now that's what he's got in front of him. If he turns around this year, and then like LeBron, who clearly was trying to take the crown off his sure. head, right, hundred percent, and LeBron and and some of these like you know all time greats, if they end up saying, yeah, man, that dude is one of us, Steph wins. Yes. In his mind, I won, right. 
to keep the MVP, keep all that stuff. He wants everybody else to say, this guy's one of us. And I think that's part of the driving forces when everybody's saying, ah, he ain't. I told you he wasn't a two-time MVP. Right. I told you that guy's unanimous. So if, if in the end of the day they say that, I think that's the happiest Steph will be because that's what he wants is to be one of those guys and for them to see him that way. Right. And you remember last year, the players voted James Harden as the MVP. Right. So, so he like, year, oh, and what? Last year, and then last year, every every other day, some older player was coming out and crushing him. So if he gets that, I think that's what I think Steph cares about that more than anything. Yeah. And no, winning. And yeah, winning. No. And he he's a guy like, you know, I, I don't know Steph nearly as well as you, but, you know, he, he, Steph's a guy that if you talk to him about anything historical with the game. I mean, he knows all kinds of stuff going way back. You know, he's a guy that, you know, there's some guys, you know, like LeBron is like that too. Like, you know, the guys that are at the top, they always, they always kind of are looking at where their place is, whether it's in the game now or in the game long-term, you know, that, that like you, like you've said a couple times for them, like that, that's the, that's the stuff those guys are always shooting for. And, and I'm sure for a guy like Steph hearing guys like Oscar Robertson and, and these guys going after him last year, I'm sure only added to the fuel he had going for him. I, I think their I think their mindset, and you know, like Clay, he's not as vocal, but he'll say the same thing. It's like in their mind, it's like, what would you like us to do? Right, right, like right. we 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 moved about like so. The the criticism before was like basketball is so selfish. These players today, they only care about one on one. So they've adopted a style that you know other older teams would appreciate. Like when it was about the game right right all of this the criticisms like they can shoot remember when guys couldn't shoot yeah that was the problem right? yeah <laughs> it's all yep. of that stuff they play together they're unselfish so in their minds they're like what is it you would like us to do all we're trying to do is really make you proud like really on if you just boil it down to some real like dentist office motivational poster <laughs> right <laughs> they're they're like we're just trying to represent you well right that that's right. so in their mind that's what they're thinking like so what would you like me to do would you like us to lose uh we're not criticizing you at all we're not saying we're better than you we're just trying to be legendary like y'all were legendary right and have you say man that team was legendary right so I think that's where they got the frustration. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing that's wrong? Except trying to be just like you guys were. And some of these guys, like like Draymond, for for him, this is all gravy, right? right. Draymond didn't think he would be here. Right. So <laughs> he's like, you mean to tell me I rose from a second round pick who was over out of shape and a tweener, and I get to this level, only for you guys to hate on me like I figured I think I think you would appreciate how I got here by playing defense and being tough and and passing the ball right and and working on my game in their mind they would think that's the stuff Oscar Robertson or you know would celebrate instead they ended up criticized and that was the part I think they had the problem with yeah I mean all that stuff was ridiculous And, and you know the bottom line is these guys just do stuff that those guys don't recognize because it wasn't part of the game then. And that that's what the genesis of all this stuff is. I mean, basically, right? It's just hating. Right. <laughs> but you know what? I feel them. Uh, think about it. Like, it's what we all Draymond's do. Draymond's making $15 million. If you ask him, Robinson, I might have a problem with that. It's what, it's what we all do, right? It's always, <laughs> it's always better when we were kids or when we were playing. or It's, it's just the way... It's the way things always I don't know. Work. I don't know nothing about that because when I was a kid, the Warriors was trash. <laughs> <laughs> this is way better. Oh, no, that, well, that's about. definitely true. Now, you mentioned Draymond before. You want to uh, you want to tell the story of draft night of uh, 2012? 
I think you know what story I mean. Not the fact, not not the fact that Draymond got picked thirty fifth. Which story am I missing? The, the oh, story, you talking about the, the after story draft? involving the story involving you? I'm letting you brag. You know what? I, I'm not that kind of guy oh, who I brag. You tell you know everybody the story. So I'll let, tell the I'll story. Let, I'll let you. I'll let you tell the you story tell the of how story. I told Bob Myers that the go. best player he got in the draft was Draymond. That's, that's for you to tell. That's, that's not for me. That's to tell. right. Okay, I was hoping you were going to do it that way. <laughs> now that is, and that is a true story. I multiple many people witnessed Marcus do that, and Marcus was 100 percent right. Now the reason I bring that up, besides get letting you get a chance to to let your ego grow just a bit more, is uh, at capacity, sir. Well, at capacity. No, that's not true. I know that's not true, my man. Um, <laughs> But, you know, look, I've seen Clay Thompson say that we're not going to have to sacrifice anything. I've seen Steph Curry say, uh, you know, we all didn't we didn't come together to have to give up anything. I've seen Durant say similar stuff to me. I look at this Warriors team and I see one guy sacrificing stuff, and that's Draymond Green. Like Clay Thompson is going to get shots. Steph Curry is going to get shots. Kevin Durant's going to get shots. Draymond Green's not going to get shots. He's not going to have the balls much. He's probably not going to use many assists. He's probably not going to use many triple doubles. So you combine that, at least from the way I look at it coming into the season, you combine that with the summer he had, with the stuff that happened in Michigan, the stuff that happened with his phone, the stuff that happened when he's sitting with Harrison Barnes on the bench during the Olympics. Um, as somebody who's been around Draymond every day for a while now, how do, you, how do you see him coming into this season? And do you think that kind of the way things have unfolded is going to be good or bad for him? Because it feels like with Draymond, there's no in-between. First off, you're right, right? There's no like chill. <laughs> right. He's either gonna he's either gonna be he's either gonna take a huge leap or it's gonna be a mess. You know, and that's how he that's how he's gotten here, right? Because right. it's been mostly go all out. He's gonna go all out either way. It's gonna be great or it's gonna be a disaster, but it's mostly great. But you know what? I think uh just like talking to him and to people around him, I think the trouble he's gotten into, uh like not just even the legal trouble, but like just how his name keeps being involved with bad stuff. I think there's a there's this feeling amongst Draymond that like he's a good guy, right? And and, right. and, and he I'm is a like, good guy. I like Draymond. Yeah, he's a nice I mean, he's, he got, a, he's a good he dude. like everybody else. He got his issues, but he's sure. a good dude, right? He is a good but dude. But he's like I'm being painted as this bad guy where like hold on, I'm kind of misrepresenting what I'm about. So here's what I think if the ideal situation happens, here's what happens. He goes back to what got him here, right? which is his defense, right? Which is being a great screen setter, which is being a leader in a locker room rush, and gets away from trying to get triple doubles with assists, right? right. Like he confessed right. he was trying to do or, or having to carry the team offensively. I almost right. think this element of, okay, Draymond, you need to get back to the core of being grounded, uh, you know, on and off the court, and it has to happen on the court for it to work. So it's really, if he gets his mindset right off the court, it'll be right on the court, which means he should be fine right. doing exactly what got him to this level anyway, which is all the stuff where we said, man, it's not in the stat sheet, but that Draymond Green is, is changing the game, right? right? That's what we used to say, and then it became part of a stat sheet, right. and he became an all-star, so I, I think it might help him because he's going to have to say, uh, I'm, I'm not going to care about that. I'm going to care about this stuff. And that's that has to be a part of an overall mindset to keep him out of trouble off the court yep. and for it to work on the court. So if, if it all works out, if he really is changing, like I've heard he's making some changes, if he really is changing and getting his mind right, 
then that should be an easy transition on the court. If he's not, then it might be a tough transition on the court, especially when those dudes ain't making shots. And Draymond is like, look, hold on. Right. I, I dropped 32 in game seven. Let's, right. Uh, <laughs> right. Y'all need to feed me. So, well, and that, I, well, and that, that's the thing. Like, the, the, my, one of my favorite moments of the whole Warrior season, I was around him obviously as much as you, but I was around enough. And it was in Chicago uh, right after they destroyed the Cavs in January. And they played the next game in Chicago. It's towards the end of Luke's uh, tenure as, a head, as the interim head coach. Steve Kerr was out. And, uh, you know, at this point, Draymond, like, was just out of control. Like, he just was doing whatever he wanted. And he, he whacked his head in, like, early in the third quarter. And he had, like, 11, 10, and 8. Uh, and he went back to the locker room for about five minutes. He came back. He sat down on the bench for about 30 seconds. And then when there was a break in the action, he just got up, walked past everybody, checked himself back in, and got a triple-double. Like, didn't ask anybody. But didn't he check did anybody. it for the purpose of getting the no, triple-double. No, right, exactly. <laughs> and that was why he's going in. He wasn't just going in to get some minutes. He was going in to get a triple-double. As soon as he got a triple-double, he took himself back out and went down to the bench. Like, he was just at that, you know, and, that, and, like, that didn't change from then until the end of the season. He had just kind of, like you said, like, he had kind of, like grown past the stuff that it really made him what he was. And I think that carried over a little bit into the summer. And I think you're right. I think if, I think if, if he does kind of try to get back to what, like you said, what got him here, I think that's the best thing that could happen to the Warriors because they got enough guys now to do all the other stuff. If he just does the Draymond Green stuff, they're going to be just fine. I, I think they will be just fine. And from what, just from what you're hearing about Draymond and stuff he's changed, I think that's the push, right? It's for him to, like, like one of Draymond's problems over this time period is that I don't think he fully understood how big of a star he was. Right. I think he was just Draymond from Saginaw, Michigan, second round pick, right? And I could go anywhere and I could kind of say anything because it doesn't have the, the reverb that a Steph Curry would have, right? But I think he found out, like, hold on, everything I do is a big deal. I can't just be out. Right. Like right. that's what his people have to tell him. Like, look, dude, like you can't just hang out and be the cool dude hanging with everybody no more. Your star is too big. So I think he's trying to rein it in. Right. Realizing like, OK, my, my block is too hot. Right. I got to cool it down. Uh, and, and if that's true, I think it'll benefit. But I also think I do think Steph is going to take this make a sacrifice, too. I think I think you know he he took a career high shots. I think he took fifteen hundred shots. He's never even come close to that before. Right. And I think part of him is going to relish getting ten assists. I think he wants. I think he wants. You know, for the people like you who said he's not a point guard, he wants to go and prove that he is. And I think. I, what, are you, what are you talking about? Don't be saying that about me. I know. I just. I just. I just made that up. I just, I just made that you up have, about you. But you know, I do that, right? I make up. I make up stuff about yes, you all yes, the time. Yes, you do. So. Yes, you do. But I think he wants to go out there and feed Kevin Durant and Clay and see, like, I, I, let me show you. Uh, I can do this too. It's not just right. me shooting. Right. Right. I, it's not just a three pointer. Like, I got all this. I got dimes. I got handles. I can run the game. I can run a team. I think he'll be happy to, to cut back on his shots to feed Durant because if he walks out of here with an assist, assist to turnover ratio of like 10 to 4, uh, you ain't gonna, he, he's going to be like, what'd you say, Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's very true. And I, and I think to, to go to not, not to jump back a little bit, but one thing I want to say about your Draymond stuff is I, I, I don't, I wouldn't be at all surprised if a big reason why David West is on his team is to try to just have a guy in that locker room that can, if, if it, Draymond or somebody else decides to pipe up that, that he can, he can tell him to pipe down. 
You know, because there's nobody. See, don't you think Steven Jackson would have been perfect for that? I feel like I, the problem is, the, Jackson, I think the no, problem. I think the problem is you've got to be able to play a little bit, right? Like David West can. I mean, not not that David West is a star anymore, but David West can still play. I mean, you know, I love Captain Jack, but I mean, he hasn't. I mean, he's basically not played in six years. Captain, you think Captain Jack and Draymond would have been good together? <laughs> I mean, it would have been entertaining, that's for sure. I would have loved that. I mean, Those being moving out to if, if that had happened, I would have moved out to I would have moved out to Oakland, regardless of what was going on with, uh, with Durant. Like <laughs> that would be Captain great. Jack Two thrillers dudes, but I think you're right about David West. Though I think he's that kind of he's a veteran. There's no you know? more respected and tougher guy in the league than David West. David West, yep. who's like a six ten uh, mountain of bricks that boxes. Like, and he sounds like it too, right? Yeah. Like when he talks, you yeah. feel like, okay, this dude. Like if you didn't see him and you heard his voice, you'd be like, that's a bad dude. Yeah, David, <laughs> David West. If you watch, if you watch David West play, he plays a real physical style, and you see nobody messes with him ever. You know, he's kind of like he's kind of like this generation's Charles Oakley. You know, like he's he's he's, he's that's sim- a good call. Yeah, a, like a little different players. David's a little more skilled than Oakley, but like he, uh, but but he's just a guy that that just doesn't take anything from anybody. And I, and I think there was, that was probably an element that was missing a little bit from that Warriors team last year. And I think having him around um, and having, you know, Mike, having Mike Brown on the staff too, a guy who's been a head coach, I think will probably help with that too. And, you know, Draymond was the vocal leader of the team, you know, yep. and that's, that was part of the thing. Uh, for, number one, that that's new to him being the vocal leader of a championship team uh that how to how to handle that that's new draymond he his leadership style is one way right i'm gonna tell you exactly like it is <laughs> right and like some leaders you know you got you learn over time that you got to be different some people you could tell them bluntly some people you got to take them to dinner so, you know spend time with their family get like there's other ways to get the most out of people draymond has one way so <laughs> right. It's, right it's key that you know there's another way there's another and I think Steph and Durant too will carry some of that load. Uh, but there isn't just one vocal guy in the locker room anymore because there it's a bunch of church mouses in the Warriors locker room, and then there's Draymond, right? It's a bunch right. of quiet kind and of Durant's no dudes. different with that either. Yeah, exactly. So they got a lot of dudes who really don't say much. You know, they they lead by examples kind of guy. And Draymond was the emotional, fiery, uh, truth teller. And I think having David West, who is not afraid to say anything, like he will speak up, I think that'll help to have another leadership style in the locker room, especially that the the not the uh, I guess you call it passive leadership of Steph Curry of a clay where I'm gonna go be an example. Watch me. Right. Right. But uh, hey, here's what you need to do, young fella. Let me holler at you. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's go out. You know, what I'm saying right. they need some right. of that. And I think David West is going to be critical for that because he thinks it's bigger than like he knows how to to think his way on the court and off the court so i think his presence will be pivotal especially if he can give tristan thompson some problems in the post agreed what um what do you think what what are the things that you're looking for as this gets started with this with this with these core guys like what what are the things you're going to be trying to key on key in on to see if this is working or not uh i want to see how much Steve Kerr goes with the center and how much he rides like the core. Uh, I, I know he likes Zaza. I think he likes Zaza right now more than he likes Andrew Bogut when Bogut, you know, by the time of Bogut's departure. I love that so. signing for them. I thought, I thought again, Pachulia was in, in a lot of ways almost as important as Durant. Obviously Durant's a way better player, but you, you can't just play that small ball lineup for 82 games. And they like Zaza is a solid starting center that they got for for the room exception which is crazy 
And, you know, the key with Zaza is that, you know, he's going to play D. He's not the rim protector Bogut was, but he's going to be able to get the ball and do something productive with it. Yep. And I think he's that's a great what offensive they were rebounder, missing. too, yeah, which will help, gonna, too. They didn't do that. Look, Bogut, Bogut was good at the other end, but he wouldn't even attempt to get an offensive rebound. Because that meant, might mean him getting fouled and right. going to the free throw line. Right. So I think that's a bonus. But I want to see – how like how like what's his small ball center ratio because remember that small ball that def lineup started as like a a finisher right like okay we're struggling it's tight three minutes left in the fourth quarter let's bring in our kill our kill shot and then it became the lineup right right it became this is our team uh so i'm wondering what's that ratio going to be now with with kerr and zaza uh in place of bogey does he stick with that more think how he handles that during the season is going to have an effect on how it works out in the playoffs because if you give this league a long like a whole season to prepare for that death lineup or the small lineup right then well, it's just I think gonna wear draymond down yeah, too it'll like, wear draymond down you can't do but, that but also you can't figure do it that out all season right i think we saw that in the playoffs. like we saw cleveland figure something out right and the warriors didn't they didn't counter they just said well let's just keep doing what we've been doing we yep. know it works yep. and they didn't come with a counter and it didn't work yep. but at some point this is these this is the people got to understand about the NBA like you and I know how much this job takes from your life like how much you're invested in it right and they are right. even more involved than we are. <laughs> right. They're going to figure this stuff out. Yes, right? yes. It's just the bottom line. No, so it's a great it's, point. If you give them a year's worth, if you give the the, the the NBA a year's worth of data, they'll come up with some solutions. They're going to come up with something. And that's what happened. Like before, it was a, you, you know, kill shot. You had to prepare for Bogut and Azili and all that. And then they would hit you with this. Man, we didn't really spend time for this, like, five-minute lineup, right? Uh and then it became the lineup, and now it's like, all right, we know we got to deal with this lineup, so let's figure it out. How do we play Draymond? Who do we – they started putting a, a, a three on Draymond instead of the five or a mobile four on Draymond instead of the five. Remember San Antonio started that, putting Kawhi on Draymond instead of leaving the center on him, taking away Draymond's advantage. That's the type of stuff these dudes spend 24 hours right. Right, a day right. trying to come up with. So that's what I – I wonder what that ratio is going to be. We're going to see a lot of Zaza. Are we going to see small ball lineup with Durant at four and Draymond at five for a whole season? Because if if, I feel like that, that could come back to bite them at the end of the year, especially in the playoffs against a team like probably Cleveland, who kind of already has some wrinkles for that small lineup the Warriors run. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Did you did you see these comments that that Durant had on uh, Bill Simmons show on Wednesday night? Did you see any of it? I saw him killing uh, the Chef Curry's. <laughs> I didn't see that actually. Uh, that is funny though. I only saw that. I only saw a couple small clips. They asked him. Bill Simmons asked him, "What do you think of the Chef Curry's?" And Durant was like, deadpanned. They were bad. Oh wow, really? That's <laughs> yeah. really funny. Spoken like a true Nike guy, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just curious though, like. I've been thinking about this the last couple of days, and I feel like Durant maybe has more pressure on him than any player ever has going into a season. Because, like, even when LeBron went to Miami, like, a lot of people thought they were going to win, but at least they had, like, they were coming together as a group, and, like, there was some stuff they had to figure out. Like, in this situation, I can't necessarily remember an analogous situation where if, and maybe LeBron in 2010-11 is, is similar, but to me, this is even more 
dramatic where if they don't win the championship this year, it's a full re- – like Steph Curry, it's not even – I think he'll get pushed off to the side a little bit. It'll be a full referendum on Kevin Durant if they don't win a championship. And I, I just – I'm just really kind of fascinated to see how he handles that because I, I think that could, that could be something that, you know, if a guy lets it, it could really weigh on him. You know, I want to see that too because he doesn't strike me as a guy – who is comfortable being the villain, right? Well, he that, was strike me what, a... that was kind of what I was going to allude to last night. Like some of the stuff he was saying, he was kind of like at one point he's, he was saying stuff like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, why should I care about anybody else if they don't care that I like to go fishing on Tuesdays or I like to, I like to, uh, you know, take pictures in the street. And I was like, well, Kevin, you decided to leave the thunder to go play for the warriors. Like I, if you didn't think people were going to criticize you for that, like, I don't really know what, what world you're in. I'm not saying that's a bad thing either. I don't mean it that way. But like, you, if you're going to make that move, like you've got to just accept that people are going to be critical of you at some point. I mean, it sounds good. Like you can handle it now, but it's different when you actually have to handle it. Right. right. And we saw that with Draymond. Yep. Uh, Draymond is a guy who doesn't, doesn't shy from the villain role. He likes it when people hate him. Like, but even that got to be a lot of pressure on him. And he's out there playing timid and don't want to make a mistake and don't want to commit a technical foul. So there's a lot of pressure on that for people who can't detach, right? You got to be able to detach from social media and the news and just not hear all the criticism. But who can do that this day and age, right? Like nobody's a a, re, a real uh, reclusive person just in a hole somewhere. So yeah. Durant's going to be a guy, he's going to hear it. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds. I think he has something LeBron didn't have, which was, number one, a little bit of sympathy because people watch LeBron get to the finals and lose. They watch them struggle. They, they, they watch the team fail to put somebody around them. And Durant left Westbrook. Right, right. <laughs> so, Durant left a team that probably should have beat them last year. Yeah, exactly. Durant left kind of a loaded squad to go to to create a more loaded squad. So I think LeBron, while he was hated, he also had some supporters, some sympathy, right? Yep. Some, I understand. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out for Durant. But I think he, he just created the most hated team ever. No, he did. And it, it's going <laughs> to so, be, you know, like, I, I mean, I know I'm going out there for the season and there's other people that'll be out there. I mean, you're, you, you and Tim Kyle Kami, your colleague are going to be out there. Anthony Slater, like there's, it's going to be a ton of people covering that team. There's going to be a ton of attention on them and, and it will be, it will be really fascinating to see how they handle it. But, um, what I wanted to get to one final thing before we go, you know, you, you know, you're obviously out in the Bay Area and, you know, Colin Kaepernick has started this whole, um, you know, movement of sorts with his, his decision to, to sit for the anthem, which or, or kneel during the anthem, which frankly, he didn't even try to, uh, to publicize. It just got kind of put out there all of a sudden. And then he was the face of this thing. But um, cover of Time magazine. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been crazy how quick it has grown. Um, what, uh, what do you. What do you think is going to happen? You know, I've seen Durant and Curry, and I, I know uh, Steve Curry had some really, nice, really interesting and thoughtful comments, as you'd expect from on all this stuff yesterday. Um, how do you think that that stuff is going to, to carry over to the NBA season? And, and do, do you expect that a lot of guys are going to kind of follow suit and, and do stuff as, as, the season, uh, as the season goes on? You know, I, I do think they will. I think the NBA typically – Speaking of guys like David West, are socially conscious, right? Those, yeah, you've seen guys like Carmelo uh, and Chris Paul and LeBron yeah. all take steps. These up These guys, there are a lot of guys who are like not famous who've been like really involved and aware. Eton Thomas comes yep. to mind. Yep. You know, so the NBA 
for a long time has been this way. Uh, so it, it reminds me of the Donald Sterling fiasco. Remember that? And, oh, sure, of course. And they were. I, it won't be. It won't be that. Like it won't be like the venom in the air and the anger. But it will be. I think it will be. We need to do something. Uh, we can't let the NFL show us up, right? <laughs> right, right. There's no question that'll got, be part of it. We can't just let those guys do yeah, it. Right? They, they're not about to steal our shine. This right. is how we roll. Right. Uh, I do think. Uh, I think the Warriors, just knowing the guys, they're all kind of like that. They're not the get out there and protest. Maybe Andre Iguodala is is more like the Carmelo Anthony, let's go right. to the protest type of person. But Curry's right? certainly not that kind of guy. Curry's not again, that kind Curry, of guy. I was kind of surprised when Curry came out in support of Kaepernick. I didn't necessarily think he was going to do that. See, Curry thinks that way, right? He, he, but I, and I, he what cares I that, that What I meant is that he would say it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's that kind of guy. He's not the go to the protest guy. Right, right. right. He's the... What can we do? Like, what's the charities we can work with? Like, he's right. that kind of guy. Let's let's do it behind us. He's not the guy that might offend that. He he wouldn't want to offend anybody. Like, if you go to a protest like Mello, you're going to gain some supporters, but you're also going to gain some people. Oh, Mello is one of those Black Lives Matter dudes, right? Yep. And he's going to – so I don't think Curry wants to do that. That's not his brand. I don't think Clay is that kind of guy. Uh, and I don't think Draymond uh, – wants to be in that light right now. <laughs> no. But no, probably or not. Kevin, Kevin Durant. But generally they're all players who think about other things, right? Yeah. Steph is a guy who thinks about those stuff outside all, of basketball. Those guys are all thoughtful dudes. Yeah, all thoughtful dudes. So I, I feel like out of all of them, they're watching what's happening and they know what's going on. They have feelings about it. And I think Kaepernick and all that's going on is almost giving them the license right. I was going to say, it, it's right? a little easy. It's a, and I'm, I don't want to absolutely easy, but it is going to be easier now because, like, even now, like, we're a couple They're weeks They're not in, alone, right? Well, like, well, Kaepernick that, was alone. Well, that and we're a couple weeks into the NFL season, and that's kind of falling into the background, right? Absolutely, like, guys are still yeah. doing stuff, but it's not It's not the giant story it was two weeks ago. It's, it's not like when Kaepernick sat down by himself and right. was like, I'm going to take all of it. Right. Now you've got other players – so at least you know there are other people who have already stepped out on that ledge for you. So right. I just I think theirs will be different. I think they'll do something, but I think it'll be different. I think they'll try to I think they've seen and heard all of the dialogue, and this is like NBA in general. They've heard all the dialogue, they've heard the backlash, they've heard the like they've seen the different type of methods and how they work. I think they will do the thing that more people can get along with, right? I think right. it'll be the big movement to support a cause or a bunch of money donated here or some kind, you know, it'll be the, it'll be like the, the Carmelo, LeBron. And the one thing where if you did it, like only the biggest haters in the world would say something, right? So yes. I think that's, that's the type of stuff you'll see. Uh, I don't think you're going to see the, the pig socks, you know, or <laughs> no, I don't think I, I don't anybody think will, I don't think, I don't think you're going to see that. And you know, like the that. words are interesting too, because Steve Kerr is, you know, to, to borrow a colloquialism from the current civil rights movement, you know, Steve Kerr is woke. Yes. Man, he, he like, he, he's not afraid to speak out. He just spoke out about guns now yep. and police brutality. Yep. Uh, I mean, you know, Talk his about dad thoughtful was guy. that way. Right. Yeah, his, right. You should tell the people that story real quick, just in case they don't Where know. his dad was, uh, uh, was murdered in the, in the middle, in the middle East. He was a professor, 
uh, very, very forward thinking, progressive, bright mind in Middle East relations. And while Kerr was in college, his dad was assassinated. Uh, so Kerr has been around this his whole life. Uh, this concept of thinking about other people and social awareness and current events and all. this is what he do. He reads books all the time. Like that's so that so whatever they come up with. Matter of fact, Steve might help them come up with it. Right? <laughs> it won't be like are the players are going to do something and then you go ask the coach, do you approve of this? And the coach says, oh, my grandfather was in the military, so I say stand right. And they're kind of like at war with the players and the coach. Right. Steve might be in the meeting, like so. So what are we going to do? Right. <laughs> are right. we taking a knee or, or like He's how are we doing? One of the most interesting guys just in the league, period. And uh, you know, it it'll it's they're going to be really fascinating on the court. They're going to be fascinating off the court. It's going to be it's going to be a great year. They're they're going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing you a lot. So fun, fun. I you know how gonna, much we're going to be working. Hey man, you know how many stories you're going to write. Listen, you know man, how many I, errors you will make. I will make less errors than you. I promise you that. Well, that that's you a guarantee. Are, <laughs> you, you care far more than me. <laughs> I grew up on a farm, man. This this ain't work. This will be fun. Um, but before before you go though, uh, tell the people where they can find you on uh, on the the various social medias and uh, you can plug, find plug me in the club too. bottles full of oh my bad uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Thompson Scribe. If you ever want to find me, just at Thompson Scribe. Everything is at Thompson Scribe. And and do your do yourself a favor and find him because the stuff is great. So Marcus, uh, thanks for coming by, man. Appreciate it. When you get here, when you get here, Saturday. Saturday. I'll be I'll be at Media Day Monday. All right, all right, all right. So good. I'm, I'm gonna figure out the place where you got to take me to lunch to. All right, good. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Deal. All right, bro. All right, thanks, man. No problem. So thanks again to Marcus for coming on the podcast today. Really appreciate it. Uh, make sure to follow his work on what's going to be a really interesting Warriors team all season. He'll be right in the thick of things. Um, please give the podcast a five star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out in terms of trying to get the the pod out to new people and seeing it. So thank you in advance for doing that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Tim Bontemps. You can follow me on Facebook at Tim Bontemps NBA. Uh, you can find my work in the Washington Post and on the Washington Post website, WashingtonPost.com. Um, thank you to Glenn Yoder in the Western States for the theme music for the podcast. Uh, please listen to and subscribe to uh, all of the other Washington Post podcasts. We've got a bunch of them coming out. A lot of them really, a lot of really good stuff uh, from Presidential by Lily Cunningham to the Fantasy Football Beat by Des Beeler, Mike Hume, and and. Uh, and Gene Wong, uh, you've got the Chris Eliza's Sequiza podcast, uh, Jonathan K. Barter's Politics podcast. Please, please give them all a listen and check them out. Um, I think you'll enjoy them. We're trying to expand the podcast network at the Post, and we've got some really good stuff coming. So, so check it out. Um, thanks again to everybody for for stopping by today and listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I'll be finally out to San Francisco, and we'll be into the the heart of the preseason, and we'll really start kicking things off. But thanks again to everybody for listening, and we'll talk to y'all soon.